Hey, hey, my name is Blair, but my friends call me Brock, and welcome to Creative Conversations. Today, yes, it's the daytime. <laughs> we have a very, very dope guest, one of the top product photographers out here who is going to teach us about the game real quick, and also a very good friend of mine. Please welcome Nadia. What's going on? Hey, hey, how you doing? Nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing well. Doing very well. How about you? How have, have you been? How's everything going with you? It's been going good. So far, 2022 is okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. We just had a January, so we're going to see about that. Right, right. January was a little rocky, but we're, we're, we're going to see how the rest of the year goes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, happy to have you on been wanting you on the show for a little bit now and I'm so happy you agreed we're gonna go ahead and just talk about some creative shit for a bit but before we get into it do me a quick favor and give the people just a little snippet of who you are okay well hello all my name is Nadia Anachi. Um, I'm a commercial uh, product photographer based in Atlanta Georgia um, and my main I'd say thing as far as my company is um, I work with emerging brands helping uh, them create beautifully styled product photography for their brands. Indeed you do. I've been seeing your work grow ever since you made the full transition to product photography. And I'm talking about almost daily outside of the memes that you send me. (laughs) You definitely have grown in such a way where you just create your own lane for your product photography. So I'm definitely proud of you on that. Thank you. It's no problem at all. But let's go back to the beginning. Back in the day, back in the day with Nadia and picking up the camera. Tell me a little bit about what inspired you just to pick up the camera and start showing your talents that way. Oh, the humble beginnings. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I I first picked up a camera when I did an art program back when I was 14. That was like my first real job. Um, And it was through uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Like it was a Fulton County run program called Art at Work. And Mm -hmm. we had to interview, um, show a portfolio of what we could do. And then if you got selected, you got hired on. Um, So, you know, I was making like, uh, like $6 an hour, big money back then. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we worked with mentors, uh, artist mentors that taught us how to um, weld, build furniture, upholster. And one of the classes was a photography class, um, where we got to learn how to do uh, Polaroid photography, um, film photography, and then like uh, transfer uh, the film onto like books and stuff like that. So that was my first kind of uh, dip into photography. And I think I've kind of taken on that since then, since I was 14. And I got more serious into it like in high school and then a little bit in college. And then really after uh, my career search, trying to find a job back in the uh, back in the recession, (laughs) you Mm. know Um, photography has always kind of been there been the thing that I've enjoyed to do enjoy doing that's not bad especially to start so early because I got into it in high school but I was about 18 so it was my senior year when I really really want to take the leap and do photography in any shape form or fashion and it, it was definitely a scary thought for like my mom because she was like can you make money in photography and I'm like yes yes you can And this is before even the potential that we have now when it comes to more digital work and how widespread your work can be over social media. 
uh, in any type of way, whether it's product, whether it's portraits. And as long as you use those tools well, you can definitely get yourself out there uh, in a major way versus when we were in high school. Well, you're actually lucky. I didn't have photography in high school. Um, yeah, I, that's something I thought I'd get. We didn't have a dark room or anything like that. So uh, when I got to college, I convinced myself that I couldn't make money in photography. So I studied furniture and industrial design. Um, but then I went right back into it after I realized, oh, I like designing and building furniture, but it's not my passion. So I kind of went the long way to get back to photography. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, I will say this. I didn't know that we had a photography class at all until I was put in it. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny story with that, I was in, it was what, right before Christmas? You know, we would get those two weeks off and they, I signed up for accounting. And it was because most of my friends were going to accounting the next semester. I needed an elective, never took an art class in high school except for photography. And the prerequisite was to take art before getting into a photography class. But God had something different for me. He was like, all right, so after these two weeks of Christmas, after Krumah, we're going to go in and you're going to be in this photography class. You're not going to like it at first, but then you're going to fall in love with it later. And that's exactly what happened. Oh. Just absolutely loved it and I just knew I was going to be the Black Peter Parker <laughs> I knew it I just knew it <laughs> I still stuck on you voluntarily signing up for accounting <laughs> yeah 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 if you know me I'm nowhere near good with numbers outside of how much does this cost do I have it that's pretty <laughs> much it um uh, but Going back into uh, working with mentors, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that because I do have a question for you. When it comes to photography, who normally inspires you or do you have any mentors that kind of lead you into the right direction as far as your craft goes? Hmm. I don't necessarily think I have a inspiration. Well, I think what inspired me uh, within photography, um, I love movies. And so I used to love seeing old movies when like uh, grandkids are like cleaning out their uh, mom's or grandma's attic and they see like these, re they find these really regal photos of like the oh, grandma. Yeah. And I think at one point I was like, I want, I want photos of me like that one day. Even <laughs> 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 that I know I didn't, I wouldn't like be in front of the camera. So that was probably never going to happen. <laughs> um, but um, actually I have a mentor in business. Um, it's my mentor, that uh, I worked with for about six years when I was building furniture. because uh, I studied industrial design in college and then minor in furniture design. So like right before I graduated, um, I got linked up with, uh, his name is Ray Bergeron. He's a black owned uh, custom cabinetry and woodworker here in Atlanta. And I learned a lot from him. Um, learned about business, how to kind of actually have your uh, creative job be an actual business you know because people always say follow your dreams and it'll happen but they don't tell you <laughs> right what you have to do to make that happen um so i worked with him for a few years and then realized that i liked making furniture for myself more so than having that be a passionate business um so i switched over to photography um and i didn't really find a lot of mentors especially in uh portrait photography i was kind of like finding my way um that's kind of how I met you with the portrait photography that's true that's actually very true yeah we met um what was it it was our very first time attending 404 oh yeah the meetup yeah shout out to Beach Hill uh maybe I'll have him on the show one day to kind of 
talk about his uh his style and everything too but with that we were both sitting at that table i remember we went to i forget what was that spot called that meeting spot he used to work at before he opened his studio stockyard stockyard yeah i believe so and so we're sitting there and you're chilling that's when you had like the big fro then and uh there was like another guy who was sitting next to me and i and i think jahi was there and that's when i met him for the first time and then i saw you and i was like hey what's up my name is blair and you were like Hey. <laughs> yeah, I was uh I walked in and I was like, oh no, I didn't get the memo that I was supposed to wear all black. I came in all colorful and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just my style. So black is beautiful. So I just put a color over black and call it a day. But um yeah, I remember that you had like a blue, like a big blue coat on, some gloves. Mm. Uh you had like the hoodie over the coat because I remember we took a took a photo under a scaffolding I think that's how you say it and I and you wouldn't you wouldn't have known that we were in uh Atlanta based on that shot oh, yeah. and and it was so dope because I remember everybody wanted to shoot with you because you have like these dope features especially with your hair and stuff like that at the time you still like people would definitely shoot with you for sure because you capture very well mm-hmm. and you were just like okay you want to shoot me all right and then we just kind of built like a cool little bond at that time and then from there we just kept in contact man and um and we definitely collabed on quite a few projects just personal projects together and just have just we we got to remind ourselves how fun photography can be yeah especially when you have actually someone there with you because you know for the most part photographers are solo um yeah. so when you find like a small group it's like oh okay i i can collaborate with people i'm not by myself i have ideas that I can bounce off of with other people, try new things, take road trips, whatever. Like, it was a really cool time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we did take a road trip. What was that, Tennessee? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And also to the um, Sunflower Fields. Yeah. Yeah, we went to uh, North Georgia, somewhere in North Georgia, where the, the Walmart was like 45 minutes away from people's houses. And we were like, nope, never that, never that at all. So, but no, that was really fun because that was like a whole group of us. We all got invited and we just made memories there. I think we did the sunflower fields and we went apple picking and we shot in the apple fields too. Oh, we also did the um the lantern. That was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I forgot about the lantern. Wow. So yes, folks, we are definitely friends and we've definitely made some dope memories shooting together for sure. Okay. Uh, but speaking of collaborations, uh, do you have any other collaborations that you've had behind the camera? And if so, how were those experiences? Mm, well, most recently, um, I've worked with Beach Hill a lot um, as more of an art director. Um, it's kind of funny because I have, I've never been big into color because I never knew what to do with it. But once I switched over into product photography, color kind of came my thing. And so people have been like, um, wanting to work with me to just bring that part uh, of creativity to like a, a photo, photo scene or a shoot or something. Mm-hmm. So like I sometimes direct models, um, you know, getting them comfortable in front of the camera to get like natural uh, looks um, and emotion. And also like I style the scenes when it comes to like colors, fabrics, textures, whatever. So I've been doing a lot of that recently um and as far as like collaborate collaborating um i've worked with a good number of clients i think (laughs) (laughs) i work with uh design essentials um i've worked with 
let me see um honey envy curl box um ors naturally replenish uh a really dope uh black owned paint and sip company uh called dine and design um snooks aa cosmetics uh the list goes on and on i suppose yes <laughs> it does while right Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, ever since you've definitely taken that solo dive into photography and made it your full-time passion as far as, like, you've always had the love for it, but just making that full-time transition, you've definitely opened the floodgates for people to just come in and really see what you're about. Mm -hmm. And your resume definitely speaks, and you've definitely been one of the most consistent, for sure, when it comes to being in that creative space as far as product or photography and letting us see your growth in real time. Yeah, it's crazy. I still remember. I'm like, all right. I still remember the day. I'm like, all right, from now on, nothing but products. We'll see where this takes me. <laughs> well, that's true. Because I remember we did have a conversation about that. Like once you, you kind of laid low for a while, remember? Mm-hmm. And you came back, you emerged and you were like, look, no more portraits. It's all business when it comes to these product photographies and I'm not playing. <laughs> <laughs> But let's take a step back, though, um, before we because we're going to talk more about your product work and your journey and that. But let's go back to the origins of your portrait photography before you made the transition. Uh, were you always practicing portrait photography before product photography or were there other steps that you took before you even got into portrait work? Well, it's funny. Uh, products kind of started my portrait photography because um, I've, I've had many businesses. <laughs> uh, not a lot of successful business, businesses, but I've had many. And so my first business was uh, I handmade like wire headbands. And so I would work with uh, Mercedes uh, and uh, go to different trunk shows. You know, she makes the jewelry and stuff like that, the beaded bracelets and the uh, clay earrings. And mm-hmm. so I would go face to face, you know, and, and sell things. And so I had to come up with a website. And me being the uh, antisocial person that I was at the time, I didn't know how to like, like collaborate with people. I'm like, hey, would you like to model for me? So I kind of forced my friends to model for me. Um, and I had to be the one to take the photo because they didn't know what they were doing. And so mm-hmm. that was like the beginning stages of my portrait photography work really understanding how I wanted them to look and how what I wanted to convey just in order to sell that headband. Um, and that's when I realized, I was like, oh, I don't think I really like doing this. And so that kind of started, um, I guess, my connection with the love of portrait photography. Um, and I think that carried on. I really like the art of storytelling. Mm. When, and I think that that's what uh, I find most uh I don't know, like, it's, it's just the best thing for me uh, when it comes to portraits. And I, I really, I really did love doing it. And I worked with a lot of colors, surprisingly. Now that I think <laughs> Always been around color, no matter what. Yeah. Always been around color. No, and first of all, you forced your friends. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I can understand that they were happy to help you. Uh, I remember starting with my camera and I was always shooting everything. And I was actually scared to shoot people before getting into portrait photography. I think I had my camera for about a week and a friend of mine, uh, Drea, she was like, hey, these photos are cool, but where are the people? Mm-hmm. I was, it was over Facebook. This is why I was using Facebook heavy. And they were like, I was like, I'm gonna shoot people. It's all right, I just got the camera, <laughs> give me some time. And so my very first time shooting someone was this uh, young lady named Ashley we went to church together. And she agreed. And I remember being out there <laughs> 
it was like after after like a church function we went to a park in columbus georgia and i was shooting but i had this notebook with me as well and i was taking notes after almost every frame i was click 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 okay when she's in the shadow and i'm in the light I should put the camera to this. And when she's in the light and I'm in the shadow, I should do this. And I'm talking about just scribbling, just scribbling. And yeah, it was crazy because I was just like, I was, I was extremely nervous. I was very, very nervous because I was like, I don't know how to capture people and learning direction and different things of that nature. I didn't know what all went into that behind the lens outside of just pressing the shutter button. And years later, what has it been, 11 years? Uh, now I'm like, okay, cool. We're about to shoot. I still get those jitters. Like, it's the first time I'm shooting, but it's excitement. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, okay, now I'm going to shoot this. I don't need the notebook now. <laughs> I still got to consider lighting. I got to consider positioning. I got to consider composition. I got to consider uh, what message I'm trying to convey or what story I'm trying to tell. Or if this is a specific shoot for a client, what type of story are they looking to tell? How do I take the pressure off of them? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know if you ever got in that situation where when you're shooting and shooting and shooting someone and then you find yourself breathing heavy or sweating. Uh, well, actually, that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, the pressure was on. So like, um, I think I think and I also think this is around the time where I realized, uh, I guess, my ability to be an art director um, was when I won a contest. Be Chill was hosting a contest where you could win like uh, 45 minutes to an hour shooting in a studio. Mm. And, um, it was on Instagram, and I was like, I'll enter this. I'm not going to win. Like, <laughs> and, um, and lo and behold, I was one of the winners. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. And I was like, oh, oh, damn. I actually have to come up with an idea and a shoot and a model. What am I going to do? <laughs> right. So, yeah, like, I, I, like, wrangled my mom and my cousins. Like, you, I need assistance. You have to help me. And I got a model. Her name was Brittany. She was amazing. Mm. Um, and... I didn't know uh, what I was going to do, but I just decided I was going to do a lot of like colorful, like uh, uh, sheer fabrics. Um, and Brittany, she's posed nude before. And so I was mm-hmm. like, oh, we don't have to do that because I don't know who's going to be in the studio. And the first thing she said was, I can be nude. And I was oh, like, oh, well. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so we just had this really, like, really cool um, artistic shoot with like her kind of like tossing fabrics around. And it was crazy. Like, it was. In that moment, I was nervous, so time went by super fast. But also in that moment, in those moments, I was like, "Wow, I'm actually doing what I didn't think I'd be able to do, like plan, execute, and then see the final, final uh, thing come to fruition." So it was crazy, yeah. But I will never forget that because that I was sweating the entire time. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you gotta love those moments where the pressure is really, really on, but at the same time, you just rise to the occasion. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Now, with most pressures of uh, portrait photography, there are definitely challenges when it comes to the people that you may work with or something happening because uh, with like your equipment or anything like that, because you still got uh, a, even if it's just you and the artist or your team, you still have people that you're kind of responsible for to make sure things run smoothly. Mm-hmm. Have there ever been challenges within your portrait work where you were like, okay, I just got to really just pull it out the mud? Oh, yeah. Um, it's it's mainly just me. Like, I don't have a team. Um, and I think that's a control issue type thing because I know how I work. So bringing someone else in, um, 
when it matters most, I'm like, ah, you could quit on me. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, but oh yeah, it, it was challenging with portrait photography. Um, because a lot of times people don't view you as a business. They just see you with the camera. It's like, oh, you're just taking these photos. And I'm like, right. that is one truth <laughs> to what sure. I'm doing. Um, and so it was a lot of kind of disrespect as far as like not being taken seriously or people thinking they can like con you into uh, giving them more images than the contract says. Um, and so I didn't really get screwed over a lot um, because I, right off the bat, I was like, I need a contract, you know, mm. either find, a new, find something, draft it, whatever, so that I could be protected. But I would still see uh, people trying to take advantage in that way. Um, um, and they and they shift. It's like they would approach you, you know, professionally in the beginning, and then uh, when it gets time to pay you the money, it's like, did we talk? Like it's like I know you know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> did we talk? <laughs> you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. But uh, that's that's really the only thing that I would have to do as far as like um deal with um. And but when it comes to when it came to like uh, really working at a crunch, like overbooking and having uh, tons of images to produce. Like not paying attention to the fact that, oh, yeah, you're paying me this amount. I'm going to give you 50 images, not thinking, oh, I'm going to have to edit all those. <laughs> mm -hmm. So overworking yourself. Yeah, it was it was a lot of stress sometimes for sure. Oh, yeah, I can definitely imagine that. I've gotten to a point where it's like I work on these amount of images and I may even lower them soon after our discussions that we've had in the mm -hmm. past as well. And certain certain things that you've taught me, I'm like, yeah, I'm working too hard for very, very little. So I definitely have to make those shifts. And next time I talk to you, you're like, hey, so you charging this much? Okay, cool. How many you're editing? Nah, that's too much. Nah, that's too much. Nah. Yeah, we have another check-in. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Raise those prices. Right. Like, don't play with me. Next time we talk, I need to hear a million dollars. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so let's let's um go back a little bit because I remember you mentioned the competition that you had as far as set design would be chill. You've also had other competitions. Uh, we actually competed together in the Polaroid Challenge at uh, Chill Studios. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I know my half. I know you beat me. And it was dope. It was a glorious loss, though, because we both were, like, in the zone. And we never really competed with each other before. That was the very first time we ever competed. We always worked together. But I remember when they he put us together, I remember talking to him. He was like, oh, yeah, you know, I already knew that you guys knew each other. And I thought that would be kind of cool. And in the back of my head, I was like, you mother, why? <laughs> Out of all people, to the, the challenge is not. Nah, man, Nadia is dope. Like, I'm not underestimating her, man. I'm going to do my very best. <laughs> but she she will definitely look at a piece of string and be like, you know what? I know what to do with this. <laughs> So with us being in that in that space, give me your perspective, because I remember my perspective was, hey, all right, I'm about to compete. I'm about to do my thing. And we end up using I end up using Hannah mm -hmm. uh, and we got like more of like an editorial shot. So give me your perspective and your thought process when it came to that particular uh, competition. OK, so first of all, you got to Hannah before I did, because I was like, no. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and second of all, um, I was sweating bullets the entire time <laughs> just because I don't, I'm not big on like being in front of crowds. And I was like, why did I volunteer to compete in something like this? What was I thinking? 
Um, <laughs> and the only thing that helped me was I was like, okay, they said bring props. And I was like, okay, I work with mirrors. I love mirrors. I'll do something with that. But I was literally making things up as we went along. And to see, and I got started late because my, um, my Lightroom kept kept like uh, freezing. And I'm just like, oh my God, I look so dumb in front of all <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> and I almost tripped over the cords. You didn't see all that. because you were No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was having a whole moment on my side, like sweating. Um, and so when I, when it got to editing, I had to zip through that. And I was like, I've never, I've never uh, sped through Lightroom. We're going to do something. So I was very surprised. <laughs> nah, I mean. No, you brought that mirror out, and I was like, and I, in, in the back of my mind, I was like, oh no, <laughs> she's about to go in with just this mirror. I know it. So I was like, let me just make sure my lighting is cool. Let me make sure uh, my positioning is straight. And I've never you, I've never edited on Apple before. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So you had the advantage with the tech outside of like your light freezing because you knew what to do with that. Uh, what was it, iMac? We were all using. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting here like this. This mouse feels weird. Uh, I hope I don't have to hit command. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I was, I was kind of in my head a little bit, but at the same time, it was like I knew I had good competition. So I was like, let me see. Let me just do what I do best. And that's when I got to Hannah. And yeah, I we ended up working with Hannah later. We could talk about that in a little later. But I remember um, when I got to Hannah, I was like, cool. She can't use her. <laughs> But it was a cool experience, though. Like, I, you definitely got more time to shoot than I did because, like, it, I was having a whole, like, technical malfunction over there on right. my side. But um, but it was really cool. It was really fun um, just kind of being in that in that competition, um, like, going head to head. I was like, oh, man, like, this is serious. Like, people were just like, I got next. And I'm like, I'm out, y'all. Right. <laughs> I don't have it in me. <laughs> I barely made it through this one. <laughs> No, but it was a rush though. It was like it was so dope to like just because we've never, at least me personally, I've never been tested like that before. Yeah. So it was definitely like a rush to be like, hey, bro, you got what was it like eight minutes? I think it had to been like seven. It was not a lot of time. Yeah, it wasn't a lot of time at all. It's like the more time you take to shoot, the less time you have to edit. And I was yeah. like, man, that mess is crazy. It was like the pressure was really on it. We could only use Lightroom, which makes sense, of course, because it was the most accessible. But yeah, man, I was like, you definitely um, kept me on my toes in that. So congratulations again to you. You know, and you did your thing. So let's go ahead and go through the transition product photography. Give me the very moment when you were like, you know what? No more portraits, all business when it comes to a uh, product. Give me that story. Mm. Well, okay. So I was, while I was shooting portraits, I was working for a um, Christmas company and full-time. And so mm. I was like the photo assistant. So we got to do a lot of product photog photography for their social media. I got to like set up scenes and set design and all that. And it was one point where it's like sometimes when we couldn't shoot something, they would hire like a professional, like product photographer or food photographer. And I found out how much that person was making. And I was like, what? Mm. <laughs> and I'm just on this salary and I can, <laughs> and, I can <laughs> um, and so I really I was like, I need to make a change because I do product photography full time every day. It's just that when I go home, I do portraits and it was just getting stressful, like dealing with people's energy. I'm big on energy. 
Mm -hmm. Um, and people were just so exhausting it's like they want this million dollar shoot on peanut on a peanut budget it's like i i can't work with two dollars i'm sorry like i don't know what you want me to do um and so like barely barely scraping by um with that and realizing oh if i continue to do this i'm either gonna have to go into weddings which i don't want to do because that's the most lucrative um shoot families which i don't want to do because that's too many energy too too much energy and too many kids running around i don't like to wrangle people <laughs> <laughs> i don't like to do that um or try to get on with like editorial and shoot celebrities which is not lucrative at all like i've shot some editorial um work for a health company magazine and it's the least amount of money i've ever made um mm. you, you get your work featured in magazines but it's not you don't get a lot of money you know mm-hmm. um and so it wasn't until I found a woman named Tamara Darden, uh, and I told you about her. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on a search for like a black woman that does product photography, and that was a very long search because there are not many of us out there. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, and she just so happened to be teaching a course on like how to uh, actually turn your your creative uh, goals into a business. Um, in, a, in a real course, not like pay me $5,000 and I'll tell you all my secrets like right. I do. Um, and so when I got on with her, I scrapped everything. She was like, you got to start from from the bottom and work your way back up to the top. Take everything off your Instagram, um, change your profile, like do all these strategic moves as well as um, do the back end work as far as like figuring out what you want to offer and all that. So by the time I was uh, out of that program, I already knew what I wanted to focus on. And so by, um, what do you call it? Not pigeonholing, but like um, taking on that one focus um, and saying I'm only doing product photography, that to me helped uh, get my name out there further because most photographers want to be product photographer, fashion, you know, wardrobe stylist, they shoot interiors. And so like when you do so much stuff, it's hard to focus and it's also hard to maintain. Um, and so once I focused on that one, um, that one uh, lane of photography, that's when I was able to really, like I said, market myself and people were really able to see my work, my Instagram, my website, um, and to understand what I was really about. And so that's pretty much how it happened. Very dope. I remember uh, you, I, like, I remember saying earlier when you emerged pretty much from the depths of your training well, I was uh, going for a minute <laughs> yeah you were gone for a while I remember and we talked about it and you were just telling me all, all these things that you learned from her uh shout out to Tamara she has definitely ha- she definitely has the code to, mm-hmm. to it all uh and shout out to her podcast shout out to her training and everything of that nature uh there's definitely such a positive movement for black women uh who want to be in this creative space who don't get as much shine as they should Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that she's definitely put you on a new level and then you've been, you've been able to take that and continue to grow on that. So I'm definitely proud of you uh, and the work you've definitely been able to do and the things you've been able to accomplish thus far. And I know you're going to do even greater things with that. Thank you. Oh, by all means, there's no, no problem at all. Now, when it came, you mentioned marketing, when it came to marketing, tell me about the, the shift and marketing from what you used to do. And then after your training with Tamara, how did that, uh, how did you outperform yourself, if you will, to get yourself out there to more people? Well, it's funny, like marketing is really, is really tough. Like I'm still figuring it out. Um, And so like, I went hardcore on like DMing people, emailing people, like pitching myself. 
um, with like either no responses or like, okay, cool. Like we have a photographer, but we'll keep your information in our files just in case. I'm like, mm, you ain't calling me back. Like, no. <laughs> so um, after like maybe two or three months of like not getting any responses, um, I decided, okay, I need to change what I'm doing. So instead of forcing my way into the world, trying to get people to notice me, let me just create my own projects um, that kind of correlate or represent the projects that, that I want to work with, that I want to work on for the kind of brands that I like. Um, and so I gave myself like weekly challenges. It's like, okay, we'll do this Valentine's Day shoot, do this skincare shoot. Um, just so I had something to post on my social media to put on my portfolio, on my website, just so it looks like I was doing something. And I wasn't like perpetrating like, oh yeah, I'm over here working for Fenty. Like, come on now. <laughs> right, right, right. Because a lot of photographers do that. Um, but I would always just talk about like the beginning stages of my story. And I started to notice that people were really resonating with that, um, which surprised me because I'm like, y'all reading this long caption that I'm, <laughs> that I'm writing down here? I'm like, it's like a novel down here. Um, and so that's pretty much how I started getting noticed. Um, I got noticed by my first big client, which is Design Essentials. Um, and then I work with Urban Eden, another black owned uh, company here in Atlanta that does skincare, um, ho uh, homemade skincare uh, products. Um, and that's pretty much my marketing. I don't market myself. Uh, people find me on Instagram. Um, Instagram is usually is usually used by, like Google nowadays. People go on the search and type in Atlanta product photographer and I pop up. Um, I just realized that I'm on some blogs that I didn't know about. And people are like, oh, I, I found you on this website. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. Wow. <laughs> no. Wow. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, like, if I were to give someone um, any advice, I'd say do, create your own work in the beginning. Um, and they'll come, like, your clients will come to you as long as what you're putting out there is authentic and you're telling your story. That's what people respond to and resonate with. No, that's definitely solid advice for sure, because we do get caught up in a rat race of trying to pull, 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 reach, 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 instead of giving something to present to them. And it's definitely very easy to forget because we know we possess it, but they don't. And they're taking more of a risk to entrust, like trust us with what we can see and what we can do as creatives, as photographers specifically, instead of having something tangible to say, you know what, you did it, with, you did this with this person. I like that versus, okay, you say you're a photographer, but what do you have to show for it? Mm -hmm. And it's okay. A, a great deal of people, including myself at one point, you know, you, you kind of mix up confidence with arrogance because at the time, at, at times you can definitely get really comfortable in your skill set. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely a dangerous, I guess, position to be in because, again, you get so comfortable and you get to a point where you can kind of get cocky and it's like, well, I know what I can do. So just work with me and you'll be good. But instead of that, just like you said, tell your story and allow people in. And from there, they'll be able to find places where they can resonate. Uh, resonate with your work or they can feel like they relate to you in a way to where you do feel more authentic. So I definitely like that approach. Oh yeah. And co cockiness is a dream killer for sure. Like I, and if like, I'm always willing to help someone, people DM me all the time. Like, how did you set this up? What lights do you have? Like, can you just give me some advice? Like I'm never on some, like figure it out yourself, like pull right. yourself up by your bootstrap. Like I'm never like that. Cause I know the struggle I went through. So like, 
I, I'm like, I, I've been humbled too many times to ever have the audacity <laughs> to be too cocky about what I'm doing right now. The audacity of you. How dare you? <laughs> nah, I get that for sure. Uh, let me ask this, though. When it comes to the artistry, that's one thing. But like you said before, it's also a huge, like, the business side is just another half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of times we miss the mark when it comes to wanting to get into artistry and not knowing the business or we get into business and not really knowing the artistry behind it. So with your transition from your big, first big client, uh, how did you continue to manage your business and grow the business side of your art? Mm. Okay. So, okay. So be so uh, totally candid. So when I was doing portrait photography, I was like charging like $400, $500, right? Mm. And so when I switched over into product photography, um, I started at like $1,200. Mm. Um, and that was just to see if someone was actually going to pay me that much. <laughs> <Pay me> that <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. You know, people were paying me more because I had different, uh, different rates. And so once I started to realize how much money I could potentially... Uh, have coming in, I realized I was like, okay, I need an accountant. I need to figure out how much it costs to have an accountant because um, a lot of times we as creatives think that things aren't attainable. It's like, oh, lawyer have to have a lawyer on retainer. You you got to be a millionaire, you know, or like like super rich in order to have that. But it's like, no, like people work on a contract to contract basis, and so I always did my due diligence um, when it came to that. Like I worked um with a client portal system called honeybook um is geared toward is it's basically created for wedding photographers but any business can use it and it's, it's got like any type of like contract templates on there and you can custom customize it to fit your business the way you want it um and i used that for a while um and once i started working with more clients, I realized, and they wanted me to sign their contracts, I realized I needed a lawyer. So a friend of mine, two friends of mine that also does a podcast, they had interviewed um, a lawyer, her name is uh, Jasmine Johnson, uh, another black woman, you know, Mm. successful black woman entrepreneur. And I was like, I need to talk to her because she's a, uh, what do you call it? Um, Entertainment lawyer. And so that lawyer, that kind of lawyer specializes in creative creative uh feel like models photographers um basketball players but you know any anybody in the creative athletic world and so i specifically went after her to get her to get her on my roster so that i can be taken care of in the future for projects um and also an accountant is good to have like i don't like bookkeeping uh, myself and so it's good to have someone there to keep me on track and i can see everything that they're doing so little steps like that definitely helped me to scale because it helped me to understand um, that all the money that I'm making is not all my money because taxes are a real thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. And like when you do have a lawyer, um, whether it's someone you're paying uh, on a retainer basis or just like on a contract to contract basis, when someone comes at you with a new job opportunity, um, they can set you up to, to make more money than you thought you could make. You know, they can help negotiate uh, bigger prices for you when it comes to your day rates and stuff like that. So like those little things help me to scale. Um, And I think that my next step is probably getting a team because the only way to scale is to grow, um, grow your team so that you uh, stop doing all of the roles, which is what I'm doing now, (laughs) which is what I'm doing now. Oh no, that makes perfect sense. And 
it's it's interesting that you mentioned when you were doing portrait photography, you didn't really have a team, you did everything yourself. But then as you started to see your business grow in product photography, you noticed, hey, okay, that's not where my strength is. And it's okay to have someone who's strong in this area to help me. So, you know, and a lot of uh, great deal artists, you we do do a lot on our own. And it's really hard to give up control in different areas, especially when it comes to money. But you have to understand that sometimes you may know money and you may not know money. You may not know your true worth. You you know you're worth something, but then someone can see something in you. Like you said, your lawyer can uh, negotiate like, no, you're worth more than that. And we're going to get you that. So it's dope that you have that. And then the accountant, um, I mean, again, just like you said, you you hear people with money have these things. Mm-hmm. And not saying that you don't have any profit. I'm just saying that you just have this grandiose idea of you got to be a millionaire, like you said. Uh, you got to be a million. You got to have money to have this. That means you, you've made it. That, no, 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 no. You just know how to, you know, run your business and you're, and you're learning as you go and you understand when you need it and where you need it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So- and with you being able to have like a production team, that's definitely going to uh, definitely going to like change your workflow. But at the same time, Nadia, you're going to have to understand that you have to acquiesce to the idea of somebody else having a creative vision <laughs> on your team. <laughs> and that's where we that's where we stop right there. We pause at that point. Oh, <laughs> I'll get there eventually. <laughs> no, not for sure. I have faith that you will, because in the end, uh, you you can't grow. Uh, unless you allow yourself to and a part of that growth is definitely understanding and trusting your team oh yeah oh yeah most definitely oh and I did I forgot to say with an accountant um uh they're they're there not only to help uh maintain and watch where your money goes but uh they also help you to understand when you can pay yourself um from your business oh. um, how much money you need to have within your within your account your business account separate from your regular account um, so that you can start making living off of uh, your the profit from your business to actually be a full time entrepreneur. So stuff like that that is difficult to learn on your own. That help for outside help can can really uh, give you information. Take it from Nadia, folks. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> get an accountant. Get a lawyer. This podcast grows bigger. I'm getting an accountant and a lawyer. Trust. I'm gonna need it. All right, you're talking to the you're talking to this person, and they're looking to pay you to be on their show. You can make more. Oh yeah, yes, and I want that. No, but that's really really good information. Um, and of course, I'm always learning something every time I'm talking to you. So I'm definitely taking my notes myself. Now, as a business owner, you definitely run into different challenges. As an artist, you definitely run into different challenges. So give me a scenario, or give me some times where you've definitely run into new challenges that you didn't expect as a business owner and as a product photographer? Mm. I, I say as a business owner, um, there's there comes a time with every entrepreneur, um, everyone's going to get to this point to where um, you have to deal with like legal stuff, uh, whether it's like someone like you do a job for someone and they just automatically decide, ah, I know you did a good job, but I want my money back. So they file like a, a claim on their credit card and like a kind of quote unquote illegally take their money back. And so you have to go to small claims court and stuff like that. Um, or someone that ghosts you after they pay a deposit and you never hear from them again. And you're like, well, what do I do with this? Do I keep this product? Do I send it back to you? <laughs> Where did you go? Um, or someone that, um, 
breaches the contract and uses your work for something outside of what they paid for. And so you then have to um, get in touch with your lawyer to figure out how you can get more money out of what they initially, uh, what, what they uh, breached your contract for. So it's little things like that, that, um, uh, or agencies, when you're working with agencies and they act like they don't remember you when it's time for them to pay you, you know, the last part of your fee. So it's stuff like that, that you deal that I've dealt with um, some of it as an entrepreneur. Um, but because I set myself up to be protected, I don't have to do it on my own. I have people to do that for <laughs> people to do that mm. for. Um, and as far as the creative, the issue, the things I've come up with, uh, gone through is um, clashing creative visions. Sometimes you get clients that have no idea what they want until you until you um, create whatever it was they asked for in the beginning. And then now that they've seen what you created, now they realize, oh, well, I really actually want something else. And it's like, all right, well, I can do that, but you have to pay me more money. And then that's where they're like, well, why do I have to pay you more? Because I'm working more, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so it's it's a lot, it's a lot of uh, small, tedious things like that. But, you know, it's always worth the work for sure. Good deal. So when being in that, uh, I'm guessing you had to grow a new level of patience uh, when it came to different challenges that you faced as a business owner and as an artist with project product photography, because uh, you're still dealing with people, but you're, I guess it's not as personal, if yeah. that makes sense. I mean, you've seen my email templates. <laughs> you sent me one. <laughs> yes, I, even though like no matter how like crazy somebody's talking to you in the email it's like all right let me just respond to this as professionally as I can <laughs> nah, that's I really... always difficult to do <laughs> no it is and I mean you you definitely helped me learn how to say no I will say that because mm -hmm. uh, you know as an artist especially when you think every dollar means something not all money is good money and it sometimes it's hard to say no to some certain jobs but it sets a precedent as well when you do and I remember that one client that I had and she was just trying to change the game on me over and over, almost as if she didn't have any faith. And I was like 96% sure I was going to say no and not work with her, but I reached out to you. And I was like, how do I say no to this properly? And you were like, here's a template. I still have that template. I sent it to my boy, Gio. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, uh, sharing is caring. This is what Nadia sent me. This is dope. And it was just so clear and straight to the point. And I remember you even critiqued me. You were like, you don't need to say all that. Like, it's not even that deep. Just say this and keep it moving. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, if you give, uh, I, I learned how to say no and nothing else. Because when you let that space, that, that silence happen after the no, that person is waiting to see if you're going to break to give them an explanation. And so if you do that, then they know that they still have the upper hand. So when I give you a straightforward no, I'm waiting for you to make a rebuttal, whatever you want to say. But either way, my answer is no, because people think that the um, service based industry people, as far as like creatives, they don't they don't ever expect us to say no, because they think we just need the money. But it's like, no, I understand that you're offering me this money, but I know that the stress that I'm going to go through with working with you is not going to be worth the amount of money you're offering to pay me. So no, thank you. They're always surprised by that, but I love saying it because it's like, yeah, I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Hey. And I think that that kind of hits them in the feels too, because it's like, it's my money. If I'm giving you my money, then I'm your boss. And it's like, no, you're giving you your money because you trust in the process that I have. Mm -hmm. There's a clear difference. And if you decide to try to step on that process, 
thus always trying to get something for free, questioning things that I do. You came to me for a reason. And if you don't agree with that reason that you came to me with, then obviously we can't work together. And just like you said, they get surprised when you say no. They're, they clutch their pearls. What? You said no to me? Yes. Yes, I did. Have a good day. It's amazing. And yeah. It, it's, it's definitely a rejuvenating feeling because like it, it almost unlocks something and you're like, oh, wait, hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on. I feel I feel power. It's almost like you got all the affinity gems. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then they flip the script like, oh, wait, wait, I didn't mean it. Wait, mm -mm. I changed my mind. I'll do whatever you say. It's like, no, thank you. No. Nope. And that's exactly what happened to me in that scenario I told you about when mm -hmm. I sent that and didn't send anything else. She was like, I'm ready to pay the deposit. Just tell me where I need to send it. And it's like, nah, I'm cool. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. And then, of course, there was an Instagram <laughs> A story later I saw and it was like there will be people that don't believe in you but you believe in yourself and that's what matters so it's like you just you you say that and it's like no nah, that's not going to phase me at all you can put stuff on Instagram you can put stuff uh on the internet whatever the answer is still going to be no you're not going to manipulate me into doing anything like that and reaching out to you after you already tried to play me mm -hmm. so lastly what is next for Nadia what what's the next step give us something where we can be like you know what she's coming out with this I can't wait for it to happen oh um probably my what's like immediately next uh probably my YouTube that I just kind of abandoned last, <laughs> last oh I forgot you made a YouTube that's terrible come on now <laughs> <laughs> I got too busy um I got too busy because um, I, I think it started from when I was doing like little quick videos on Instagram and people started saying, hey, make more videos or give a tutorial on this. And I'm like, oh, am I low-key a teacher? Do I need to start doing this? Um, mm -hmm. And so that kind of sparked my interest in sharing what I've you know learned um, and also sharing fun ways to style and shoot product photography. So now that I have more time and I'm more selective about the clients that I'm taking on this year, I'll be more active on my YouTube. So that'll be what's next for sure. Just a lot of uh, sharing information, teaching, and then behind the scenes of like fun, creative uh, set design. Good stuff. Cannot wait to see it. Cannot wait to see it all. Once that happens, y'all, shoot, even before it happens, the YouTube's already up, subscribe. And uh, this is actually the perfect time to say uh, thank you so much <laughs> thank you so much it's been such a treat to have you on the show and um do me a quick favor and just let people know where they can find you and please plug your youtube as well oh goodness well uh everyone on instagram uh nadia anachi photo um my youtube it's not nadia anachi yet because i think you have to get a certain amount of like subscribers and so I think it's like Nanoch, N-A-N-O-C-H, the number 20 from when I made like a Google <laughs> oh. years ago. And they won't let me change it. <laughs> That's the only way you'll find me. Um, but the best way to find that is to click on my profile in my IG to find my YouTube for now. Um, and that's about it. Or oh, my website, NadiaAnachi.com, if you want to see the clients that I work with and some personal projects. Good deal. Once again, Nadia, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been such a treat just catching up with you and just talking about your craft and what you have uh, out here for everyone. And anyone who's looking for a product photographer, she's the one that you need to call. Definitely hit her up on her Instagram. 
definitely get her uh, on your team and you're going to get some beautiful, beautiful shots of your work. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Blair. It was a pleasure being on your podcast. I can't wait to listen back and hear your other, other interviews for sure. Ah, thank you so much. All right, y'all. That is it for the show. Definitely stay blessed and definitely stay creative. Peace.